Hello there. We are always in motion, constant motion. But is it conscious? Welcome to In Conscious Motion, a podcast created to help us grow in awareness so we can stay in motion, even when we feel like we're standing still. My name is Faith Christine Bergevin. You can call me Faith. In today's episode, we talk about being real. What does that even mean? Well, some might say being real is being our authentic selves. But how do we be our authentic self in a world that seems to celebrate us wearing our masks? How do we be in the world with our messy stories and not overwhelm others? Brene Brown offers insight in her book, Rising Strong, about how we can access the stories we have, deal with our emotions, and embrace vulnerability through a simple concept called curiosity. Hmm, curiosity. Listen today about an encounter I had and how it brought out questions of what we need in relationship in order to feel safe to be vulnerable. being real, and how freaking hard it is. This is a quote from Franz Kafka. I was ashamed of myself when I realized life was a costume party and I attended with my real face, end quote. It often feels like I'm supposed to follow some sort of script in the world Like, I'm only allowed to show up in a certain way, and if I deviate from that, well, I'm breaking some sort of unspoken social rule. I was at a dance a few weeks ago, and it was hard. I was faced with my own pain for someone who was there, who is no longer part of my life. I must accept that pain, even as I continue doing my hobby while he's there, not even saying hello. I tried saying hello a couple of times, and he looked right past me as if I wasn't even there. Well, on this particular day, at this dance, another man asked me to dance. I know him casually from other dances. He strikes me as an intelligent man. The previous time we danced, he talked about interesting things. For example, the difference between the female and male brain. He was referencing a video he saw that changed the way he thinks about men and women. I saw that video some time ago and just refreshed my memory for this piece by watching it again. I can't vouch for the expertise of the speaker. I don't think he's a psychologist or researcher, but I'm not entirely sure. But he uses humor to help men and women understand one another, which seems like a pretty great great goal to me. Watch it. It's actually quite funny. So dancing with this man who was thoughtful and poked fun at himself was refreshing. He joked when he couldn't grasp something, insisting it's his man brain, referencing the video's assertion that on the male tendency to compartmentalize experience into boxes, in contrast to women's brains that are emotionally connected all across the brain, the neural wiring like an electrical storm, basically on fire. This difference between brains the video offers as explanation can often lead to conflict between the sexes that plague romantic relationships. 
at least according to the theory of this particular speaker in the video. But what warmed my heart was this dance partner's insight and slight self-deprecation, which I found endearing and showed that he's a growth-minded individual, which is really nice to discover. So on this nondescript Tuesday, at this recent dance, he approached me again. I asked how he was and he said fine and then he said something to me but I couldn't quite hear because the music was really loud and there were people everywhere and I just said great and then I said wait a second I'm assuming you just asked how I'm doing yes he said are you really great he was looking at me carefully as if he was trying to really see me what do you mean I asked are you really great I looked at him considered my truth having just seen the man I once cared for, but who now ignores me. He was just five feet away, twirling another woman. But then I looked back into this man's eyes and saw he was genuinely interested. He was giving me his undivided presence. Well, I said, my heart could be breaking into a million pieces, and I'd still say I'm great. He smiled and took a breath. Well, if that's the case, you are in good company, he said. I've recently broken up with my girlfriend and my heart is breaking. I'm sorry to hear that, I said. I knew he had a girlfriend as he'd mentioned it to me soon after social dancing returned a year ago after the pandemic and we first saw one another. I admitted, I said, my heart is breaking too and my situation is ridiculous. He smiled gently at me. Then we laughed at our brokenhearted predicament. I stroked his arm in a comforting gesture as he started to lead us in dance. At the end, I said, I appreciate the chance to be real and honest with you today. And we parted. It felt good to say the truth, a truth that had been haunting me. I could be honest. I didn't go into the story. I simply said what was true for me. And then I listened as this man said what was true for him. It was good. It was vulnerable. It was real. Real. How real are you? I am trying to be real in the world, even as it can be challenging. Of course, it's not appropriate to share your personal business with everyone everywhere you go, but I've been wondering lately how to actually be in the world where we are not our masks, but live as we are, sometimes messy, but real and true. Brene Brown speaks about owning our stories and how hard that is because it brings up strong emotions in us. Many of us want to push our emotions down because handling difficult ones were not modeled growing up. We learned how to deal with them by watching those around us. And very often what we learned was this, pack them away, push it down, don't feel anything and they'll go away. Do they? Do they really? Do emotions go away when we push them down? I think many of us have learned that what we don't deal with comes back over and over to haunt us until we actually deal with it. What are you dealing with? What are you packing away that you don't want to deal with? In her book, rising strong, Brene Brown talks about allowing ourselves to notice how we're feeling and letting ourselves feel the emotions. 
then be curious about what these emotions are trying to tell us. On curiosity, quoting from the book, so this is Brene Brown. Curiosity is a shit starter, but that's okay. Sometimes we have to rumble with a story to find the truth, end quote. Curiosity is so obvious until you are standing in front of someone you care about and the stakes are high. Emotions are coursing through you of all that has gone before, all that you hoped would be, and all that is broken with the fear of it never being repaired. Curiosity often goes out the window in the stories we create for ourselves. Brene Brown said we are creating stories about ourselves and those around us every day. We do this to fulfill our need to make meaning of our experiences. As human beings, we need to create meaning. Sometimes we even create meaning out of assumptions that are not even based in fact, but instead on our own stories. She suggests we combat this tendency by becoming curious about three things. First, what we're telling ourselves about the situation we're in. Second, what we're telling ourselves about the other person. And third, what we're telling ourselves about ourselves. With this intention, we check in on what we know for sure and what we are making up. It is hard to be curious when emotions are running the show. Emotions can blur our ability to be present with the other person. When we are unaware and not speaking of what's happening in the moment, we can blurt out what we don't mean and hurt the other person, remove an opportunity, all because we've lost the ability to be curious. As Brene Brown points out, it is vulnerable to be curious. Vulnerability is scary. We are allowing ourselves to be known by another person, thus opening ourselves up to hurt. We are venturing into the unknown, co-creating with another person, even as we don't know what will happen, what emotions will come and how we will be able to handle our emotions, their emotions, and all that lives in between and beyond. Isn't it easier to keep our masks on and pretend we don't feel, that it doesn't matter, that we don't care? Who can I be real with? Some people are not safe to be real with, and sometimes we don't know who those people are until we're in too deep and too much has happened, which sadly remains part of the story of the man who will not be named. And I do acknowledge I have made up my own stories since he has chosen to block communication. But even if we cannot be vulnerable and real with some people does not mean we cannot be so with others. The task is to figure out who is safe to explore with. It begins with taking a chance. It begins by being curious. It begins by showing a little vulnerability and seeing if the other person responds in kind. It is up to us to see what is there, what is real. Some people can be real. They are there, wanting real connection, wanting to grow in their relationships 
and learn about the curious nature of themselves, their brains, and other people. We need to give them a chance to show up in our lives and show us who they are. As gorgeous and playful and stunning our exterior masks can be, they don't help us feel more connected to others. They keep a barrier in place. If we pretend to the world that we are great, even as we struggle, we mask our real selves. For what purpose? To be accepted by those around us? But how will we meet other real people if we're wearing a perpetual mask? If people do like us only when we mask ourselves, then do they actually like us? Perhaps they only like our mask because that's all we've let them know. How can they actually like us if we never show who we really are? What about you? How do you know you can be real with someone? What needs to be in place to, to inspire curiosity and the willingness to be vulnerable? I would love to hear what makes you feel safe to be you with others. And so it ends. So I have four footnotes today. Uh, the first one references this video on YouTube. It's called A Tale of Two Brains, Men's Brain, Women's Brain. It's really funny. I highly recommend checking it out. You can go to my Substack um, essay version if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or another podcast provider. Um, just go to my Substack and, and look up the title of this piece, Being Real, and you'll see the link there at the bottom. It's really funny. I mean, but as I said, I can't really vouch for the science behind it, you know, because, you know, uh, research on the brain is actually ongoing. There are constantly developing uh, new studies around the brain. And to, to just bluntly say that men's brains are this way and women's brains are that way, I mean, I'm not sure how much science is there. So, you know, but, but I do offer it um, because I think anything that helps people um, understand one another and there's so much misunderstanding that happens in relationship particularly between the sexes um, I, I think anything that helps us make light of it and kind of finds a language that helps people be more compassionate to one another I think is a good thing so that's why I included this video um, by this this Mark Gumdra I believe um, my second uh, footnote is uh, Rising Strong. So that's Brene Brown's 2015 book. I am halfway through the book. And this is a book about what it takes to rise up after falling down. I find it very interesting. Um, there's been a couple of anecdotes that she has shared in the book. Now, as I said, I'm only halfway through it, so I haven't read the whole thing. But um, one anecdote she shared is she was talking about becoming vulnerable and doing a three-day workshop and she was saying day two is really hard because that's when people are connecting to their vulnerability to their hurt and their pain and she always said day two is really difficult um, in terms of when they offer their workshops um, and then she also contrasted that with uh, the Pixar creators um, so this is back in 2015 and they would talk about Pixar and how they create a storyboard and you know so they like she likened her second day to their second act so 
um, the way storytellers uh, look at sort of the hero's journey is act one ends with an inciting incident for the hero where then they go on this long journey into like their own conflict and the difficulties and then of course rise up in the third act right so they were both referencing this idea of the second act or the second day and I thought that was so interesting and maybe I'll write about that next time or in the future because it's this idea of being in the muck, in the really difficult things, in the long tunnel. I think she uses this, this uh, metaphor as well. Like you're in the tunnel, you're far enough along that you can't turn around and go back, right? Like you're never gonna be the same again, but you can't quite see the light yet. So you're in this dark space of like, who do I wanna be? Where do I wanna be? How am I going to move forward in my life? And um, I think that's really an interesting concept. And that's kind of the foundation or the thesis, if you will, of her book, Rising Strong, is about the rising, which is really difficult. And so what I wanted to kind of um, expound on are the three things she talks about what you need to rumble with when you unleash your curiosity. So the three things she talks about is what do I, what more do I need to learn and understand about the situation? So basically asking, what do I know objectively? So these are the facts. The facts of the situation are this, this, and this. And this would be something that, you know, someone from the outside who had the information would be like, yes, that's true. You know, so in the case of me, you know, with my example, the fact is, you know, this person I cared about is ignoring me. So this is a fact, like anybody would see that, right? Um, but then she asks the question, like, what do I need to know about the the uh, assumptions I'm making. So I have to look like, what are my assumptions? Well, I can make a million assumptions about why this person is doing this, right? And I can um, put blame on myself or I can put blame on them. But the situation is like, okay, this is what's happening. What are my assumptions? Um, the second question is, what more do I need to learn and understand about other people in the story? So the questions she offers here are what additional information do I need? What questions or clarifications might help? So, you know, for me to not make assumptions about the situation, I would need more information, say from this person, or, you know, there would be questions that I would need to ask, right? Um, and then the third one is what more do I need to learn and understand about myself? So I need to look at what's underneath my response, like the pain that I describe of you know being ignored like what does that mean to me and you know there's countless studies on social ostracism on the silent treatment on stonewalling how harmful it is for relationships and you know there is no relationship anymore except for this pain of you know having cared for someone and them ignoring me um but I need to look at my response, like what's underneath my response? What's that bringing up for me? You know, what am I really feeling, right? And what part did I play, right? So that's looking at my own responsibility, right? So these are all really wonderful questions and they're hard ones, right? Because so many of us jump to assumptions. Like we make assumptions all the time about situations, about other people and um, about ourselves. Although we might give ourselves a break because we're like, well, I'm not the it's not my fault everything happened you know like some actually some of us are prone to over responsibility and some of us are prone to under responsibility so that's a whole other topic um but yeah so um it's a really good book I'm really, I'm really liking it but I think it's it's really important that 
when we're aiming to be curious, we ask ourselves, what do I need to learn about the situation? What more do I need to learn about the other person or other people? And what more do I need to learn and understand about myself? So these are really good questions when we're aiming to be curious when we're trying to move through our own challenging circumstances or, you know, our day two or our, you know, our hero's struggle through the dark tunnel. Um, my third reference is just being cute. Like, it's kind of like what we check in on what we know for sure. So that's, it's just an Oprah reference, right? Oprah has her famous article, what I know for sure, right? And it's really assessing our assumptions versus our facts, right? Um, and then my final, um, reference is, you know, it's just poking fun that I'm not going to name the person, right? <laughs> doing a Harry Potter reference. You know, when I wrote this essay, I wrote it last weekend and I was in a very different emotional space last weekend. I was really feeling the hurt about it. And it's so amazing to me to be doing this, um, this podcast, you know, five days later, because I've done a lot of reflection. I've been like, what's still there? What am I still holding on to? What have I not figured out? Right. And so to equate him with Voldemort, Voldemort is not fair. And I, I recognize that and I'm not in that headspace anymore uh, about it. And so it's so funny to, to be doing this audio recording. And it's like, oh, it just goes to show you, you know, when we have relationships with people, you know, and we're hurt very much, it's so easy to fall into assumptions and, and, and really shut down our curiosity because we've been hurt so much. And it's like, we're just mad and it's just easier to be mad and it's easier to lash out and it's easier to make judgments instead of actually being like, okay, this is, this is just a person, you know, and they're doing the best they can. Actually, that's what I read this morning. So I was reading this book and she talks about, you know, her struggle with being able to see that people are doing the best they can. And she did a little, you know, qualitative research asking people, do you believe people are doing the best they can or do you believe they're not, right? And really bringing to task on that. Anyways, there's a lot of gems clearly in this book. And I just wanted to share that with you um, as I kind of reflect on this piece and, and how it's actually changed since I published it five days ago. And, you know, I think this is just part of living, right? We're learning and growing. And I think that's part of what, you know, the purpose of this podcast and this, this um, publication is, you know, in conscious motion, like we need to be in conscious motion in order to be growing, right? We need to be consciously becoming aware of what are our assumptions? What are our blockages to growth? And, you know, how do we become more curious in our lives in order to, you know, be more real and have more authentic connections, right? Because it's in having authentic connections in our being able to be real that we actually start to feel like, oh, okay, we're being seen for who we are instead of for our masks. So... Um, in conclusion, I hope you enjoyed this audio reading of my essay and my impromptu commentary and notes. It was totally impromptu today. Um, if you would like to learn more about my work, please visit my Substack publication, In Conscious Motion. I would love to find you there. Thanks for listening and be well.